Welcome to the Salty Carmel Podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is a brand new podcast where we are going to spread evangelization stories to the ends of the earth from normal parishioners like yourselves. I'm David Cook, the Stewardship Director from Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and my co-host is the unforgettable Jody Curtis. We just launched podcast Salted Caramel. Now, the name is rather weird, and blame Father DiCarlo for that because he's the one who came up with it. But we loved it because in Matthew 5, verse 13, it says, We are the salt of the earth. And we thought this would be perfect for the evangelization method that we're trying to do because salt is not good on its own. Salt, the whole purpose of it is to enhance other food or to enhance the meal. And therefore, it must be shared with others. It must be shared and brought in as a combination to the, the actual gift, the actual flavoring of the meal. And just like us, we are supposed to enhance others around us. We are supposed to share our faith. We are supposed to get out there and serve others. And that's why Salted Caramel kind of came. It took some convincing. Father Richard wasn't on board, but we had to twist his arm. We had to vote out. And that's why Salted Caramel is what it is. And you will hear us saying, staying salty a lot. And please feel free to make this a catchphrase in your own life. Our guest today is Father Richard Doerr, our pastor at Our Lady of Mount Carmel for the past 15 years. Father, in a few sentences, what was your life like before Christ? You know, I think my life before Christ was uh, a childlike faith. Uh, there wasn't an adult appropriation of faith. When I became a college student at a conversion in college, and then I took it on myself. So it was probably lukewarm. I was the person in the back row that followed all the rules but not, wasn't really uh, convicted, passionate about it until that experience of conversion. Yeah. So what made you change? You mentioned the experience of conversion. What was that concrete moment? I was a singer at Purdue University, and I was in Scandinavia, and I missed Mass on Sunday. It was the first time in my whole life I missed Mass again. It doesn't mean I was a member of the spiritual lead in the front row. I was probably a back row person, but I was always there. And that divine absence, as I called it, not having uh, uh, Jesus in the Eucharist, made uh, one Sunday in the hills of Norway, uh, made me ask very different questions about life and and who I was and who I wanted to be. Yeah. And did you ask those questions of yourself or were you asking those questions of other people or I was very quiet in my conversion. I didn't I didn't want it, everybody to know and then people started figuring it out. They were like what what's going on with you and a, a series of people kept asking, are you going to be a priest? And people who weren't even Catholic and I'm like, what? What is happening? Because I was it written on my forehead, or because I, w- I wanted to do this quietly, but it became more and more public the more I was committed to my faith and more I was committed to the priesthood. Yeah. So you mentioned that people were starting to notice you being wanting to be a priest or you should be a priest. What mm-hmm. was the one moment like for you of when you knew you wanted to go to seminary? Well, it was interesting because it, it, I don't think it, what I could say was when I wanted to be, uh, go to the seminary. I was, uh, we were in the hills of Scandinavia. We missed ma- I missed Mass on Sunday. Our director, who was not Catholic, apologized to all the Catholics who were responsible to go to Mass on Sunday, something that probably wouldn't even happen today. And then we sang this version of Ave Maria. And I have a picture of that moment. And I know that that was when something completely changed in, inside of my heart. And I, I left not being able to articulate that I was going to go to seminary, but I left knowing that my path would be different. Didn't know what it was going to, what that path was going to be. And I was fearful. And it took me probably six to eight months to really articulate that 
in the context of what followed was a, a series of cross moments, I would say. My father fell off of a ladder, broke both of his arms. My sister lost a set of twins at birth. And I asked different questions, and it molded me uh, to be a different person and to ask different questions about life and who I wanted to be and what did I wanted to stand for. And it was to, to stand with people who suffer. Yeah. Oh, nice. What a beautiful story. And then did you, were you graduating from Purdue at that time? It was between my, it was a summer of my junior year going into my senior year. So I made this decision that I was going to, to, to pray and discern. And then all these people started noticing. And then all this difficulty happened. And then for me, I had this sense that I can control all this suffering in my family. And if I, I kept, my prayer was, Lord, if you fix all these things, then I will do your will, uh, do your will which is just a ridiculous thing uh, to say because, you know, negotiating with the God of the universe, you're going to lose. And so uh, in that process, I was humbled. And when, only when I uh, submitted to, to humility, not being humbled, you know, God kind of disciplined me, uh, and then I said, I give up. I don't know what you want from me, and then everything changed. And I was able to be um, open to the to the will of God, and then I could say to anybody, I want to be a priest. And it was just, it was like a light switch in, in terms of my willingness to, to be open to other people about what, what God was calling me to do. What did that What did that feel like with the light switch on? Peace. Yeah. Peace. Like, like I remember I was in the chapel at St. Thomas Aquinas Newman Center, praying, and I made this prayer of abandonment. Which I mean, I didn't know that at the time. I made this prayer of abandonment, and I walked out floating. I've never been high before, but it sounded. It feels like I was floating. You know, I was a uh, uh, experience of of euphoria that I, that weight was lifted off of me and that, you know, so for, for a lot of people, they go to the seminary to discern. I went to the seminary having discerned and was, was the question for me was, how am I going to make this life work? Yeah. And any second thoughts throughout Never. seminary? No. Never. I mean, there were, there, there were moments certainly in any life when you're committed to, to Christ, there are moments when you think, oh, is this, is, is this, you know, is this what God is asking me to do? But I, I never looked back from uh, the authenticity of that moment of conversion. I knew that that was real, and I still believe it was real, and I live that reality every day. Yeah. Do you ever go back to it recently to, if you need to be rejuvenated, go back to that reminder of God's grace for you? You know, I think not only would I feel called to do it, but but it's such a a good fit for me. I have very few moments when I doubt that. I mean, I just, I, I just try to live it as best I can. And what is your life like in Christ now? It's very exciting. I mean, what I like about you know the kid, the grade school kids ask me, you know, what what do you what do you do all day? And I'm like, well, that's just the point. It's never the same. One day I'm doing a podcast. The next day I'm at the nursing home. The next day I'm doing a funeral. The next day I'm preparing homilies. The next day, you know, so it's it's so different every day. And you can uh, just be uh, flexible to see, okay, how how is God going to work in my life today? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well. Thank you so much. Do you mind if we ask you some questions? Sure. First one being, who would you point to as the greatest faith influencer of your life? You know, I think it was a series of people, but my definitely my my mother for faith, my dad for a sense of service, my dad who didn't really practice the Catholic faith, but who set an, a tremendous example of service. 
Um, my maternal grandmother was very faithful and quiet, and her her sister also was where they were just very convicted, very faithful and spiritual human beings committed to Christ, and maybe even the Blessed Mother. Uh, just you know, being able to pray the Rosary was a, was a huge influence in my life, and having that relationship with her guiding me to her son. Yeah, nice. And, you know, one of our themes at Our Lady Mount Carmel is I'm grateful no matter what. Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for this week? I'm grateful that I, I, I was on vacation and I came back. I'm grateful to just to be, uh, you know, a part of this vibrant parish community that makes such a difference in people's lives. Grateful for the opportunity. You know, it's, this may sound weird, and maybe I am weird, but um, I—, I Get get such a joy in being with people who suffer and 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 walking with them. Uh, so that I'm grateful for those opportunities to be in the people's in people's lives, in, in very important parts. Because I know what life in the valley did for me. We don't grow in the mountaintop. We grow in the valley when we're suffering. And so I know that's that's a moment where I want to walk with my people. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So the name of the podcast is Salted Caramel, named after you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, uh, it's useless, essentially. How are you, as a disciple of God, staying salty? How are you evangelizing? How are you bettering yourself to be closer to God? Well, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes people think that conversion is a single process, particularly in Protestant traditions. But conversion to me is you have an experience of Christ, and then you have to continue to, to water it you know, and, and to fertilize that, that conversion by constantly putting yourself at the service of the gospel and through prayer. And that's what I try to do every day. So um, th- that's probably not is glamorous. It? It's just kind of like it's it's a, it's running the marathon instead of the sprint. And the marathon says you pray every day, you put yourself at the service of the gospel every day, you serve other people. And I think a really important thing that Christians and Catholics need to get is we have to be joyful. We have to to, to let people know that we're normal people who have committed to God. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and our listeners. Thank you for having me. All right, Jody, we just heard from Father Richard about how he's staying salty. What's one way you're staying salty this week for our listeners? Yeah, so I started actually back in September. I've had two people I work with on my team who had made a goal in 2019 to read the Bible in a year. So I my intention was to do that starting January 1, but I actually bought the Bible. The Augustine Institute has a Bible that's established for you to read every day. And I've been reading every day now since the middle of September. And I'm loving it. I've, I have to admit, I haven't really devoted myself a lot to reading scripture. And that's been really powerful for me. Wow. Are there things just popping out to you? Or? Yes, they nice. are. They are. Each day I read the Old Testament. And I mean, that's the way the book is written. They have a a reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then the Psalms and some of the letters. So 
What about you, David? What are you doing to stay salty? Well, this week I I have really just trying to stay with one thing, and I have a buddy who's keeping me accountable. Us millennials, we don't really know how to read, so my thing just to stay salty this week is do 15 minutes of spiritual reading, which ah. is really small. Yeah. Still try to pray every day, but this is definitely something I'm adding to it yeah. to try to en- enhance myself and then hopefully, like you, read every day. Yeah. But... That's, that's one way how I'm staying salty. I love it. David, each week we will be answering a question from the parish and or our listeners. You can submit a question by emailing us at saltedcarmel at olmc1.org. David, this week's question is, when is an instance when you shared your story or had a vulnerable moment with someone? And how did it turn out? Yeah, literally just today for lunch, I I didn't actually share a vulnerable moment, but someone shared one with me. Uh, a friend of mine shared that he has uh, a disease, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he's been living with that, and he's been kind of keeping it quiet, but that this is a man who I've been in contact with for months and have seen pretty regularly, and for him to keep that hidden from me and then to show it, it definitely led to a lot of closeness in our relationship and a lot of trust that built there. And you could definitely tell the lunch took a new level of depth after he shared it. So I guess I didn't share a vulnerable moment, but I hope that counts as an example. No, that counts. That's a beautiful story. And not... Maybe for our listeners to think about sometimes we have things in our own lives that we're afraid to share with others and how that might deepen our relationship or trust with others. As you heard in Father's story, there's a couple themes that uh, came. One is that he started to ask different questions, questions that he never really thought about before, but because he missed Mass one time, it led to him to think deeper about his life, about faith, and about the absence of God in it, and that really changed him. Uh, So one thing, the call to action is basically ask what you're doing now. Is the life you're living now, does that make you happy? Does that bring you and others to God? Is there anything that you could really change? Really, we can go through our whole life not asking any of these questions and being very comfortable in what we're doing and feel like we have one task after another and just live this life of mediocrity without ever asking or challenging ourselves. So the call to action this week is to take some time in prayer, look at your life, and ask yourself, are you bringing others to God? And I hope you'll be happy with the answer. But if not, you got some work to do. Ah, Beautiful message. Let's end with a prayer. God, our Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, I might hear the call of the new evangelization to deepen my faith grow in confidence to proclaim the gospel and boldly witness to the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening today. And stay salty. <laughs>